Good morning, and would you join me in the book of Numbers, chapter 26. Numbers, chapter 26. Last Sunday, I said that we would only spend one Sunday on that chapter because there is so much just uh, repetition, and we picked out a few things, but there is ten words that caught my eye, particularly, you know, in religion, I never told anybody where I was going to be when I was going to preach. I, they, I, I can't tell you. It's a secret. Well, Nancy and I go over it most of the time now, and she's the one that says, what about that verse? And I said, oh, yes, I forgot about that. Well, it's in Numbers chapter 26, and we're going to start reading verse 7. Our verse that we would like to look at is verse 11, so I'm going to read that first notwithstanding the children of Korah died not. Now that's an interesting verse to find in a list of numbers. Let's back up here to verse 7. These are the families of the Reubenites. And they that were numbered of them were forty and three thousand and seven hundred and thirty. And the sons of Pelu. Eliab, and the sons of Eliab, Nemuel, and Dathan, and Abram. And this is that Dathan and Abram, which were famous in the congregation who strove against Moses and against Aaron in the company of Korah when they strove against the Lord. And the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah, when that company died, what time the fire devoured 250 men, and they became a sign, notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. And then we go on to the next son, and that's the Simeon. Would you back up with me in the book of Numbers to chapter 16 for two or three verses of Scripture as we kind of catch up on some of the history. We went over it some time ago, but we'd like to look at it again. And here, just a few verses out of this. It tells us in verse 1 of the 16th chapter of the book of Numbers, Now Korah, the son of Issachar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, now, he is a cousin of Moses. And then we get into the Reubenites, and it says, And Dathan and Abram, the son of Eliab, and On, the son of uh, Peleth, sons of Reuben, Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain children of Israel, 250 princes of assembly, famous in the congregation. And as we read through here, and as we read through here many Sundays ago, we found out that there was a problem with these men, and their heart was not right with God. Now, turn with me to the book of Acts for just a moment. Acts chapter 8, if you would. Acts chapter 8. There's an incident over here that shares those words which sum up the problem with these people that we read about here in Numbers chapter 16, and they're brought out in Numbers chapter 26. In the book of Acts chapter 8, we read these words. Verse 18. 
And when Simeon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this manner. Now notice these words. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Thy heart is not right in the sight of God. And then the Apostle Peter says, You know, I have nothing to do about this, but I only call on you to repent, therefore, of this wickedness. Now, as we go back to the book of Numbers, we find that they also share with us that as Stephen brought out in his message to those Pharisees, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. We're speaking to a group of people that are coming up against God. They don't call it that, but they come up against God's servants, Moses and Aaron, and say, we are just as good as you are to lead these people. Numbers chapter 16 and verse 3. Would you notice this with me? Numbers chapter 16 and verse 3. As we find that the Lord shares with us in this, this book of Numbers that there is a place in every heart of wickedness and contriteness against God, and it is only God that can give us a new heart and change our attitude towards God. Now, we may reel out towards the preacher, and we may reel out towards the deacon, and we may reel out against the Bible class teacher, but when we are disagreeing with them over the gospel, we are in reality disagreeing with Almighty God over it, and He's the one that we're really angry with. And so when these people came up against Moses and Aaron, they're maybe angry with them, and they want the part that they have, but they are really challenging God in what he has done and what he has said when he chose them to be in the position that they're in. In the book of Numbers chapter 16 and verse 3, we read this, and it says, And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, when you lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. So they're challenging Moses, and they're challenging Aaron, and in reality, they are challenging Almighty God in what he has to do. You know, they have a misunderstanding about God to begin with because their heart is not right with God. And then in verse 27 of that same chapter, verse 27 of the book of Numbers, we have this recorded. And it says, And so they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dothan and Abram, and every side, and Dothan and Abram came out and stood in the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited upon the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth, and swallow them up with all that appertaineth unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord." Now, if we back up, we do not find that Korah's sons or children are mentioned in that verse. It's only those that are of the tribe of Reuben that are mentioned there. Now, I made the mistake when I originally went through there that they, too, went down into the pit. But as we found out in Numbers chapter 26, 
that the Lord did not do that. Well, we know the results of that. The earth opens up and the judgment came and the testimony of the Lord stood sure. And just as we find there in the book of Lamentations, the mercy of the Lord, that's the only thing that was different between those people and the children of, of uh, Korah. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not concerned, uh, consumed. And so notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. Now, to me, that was a wonderful statement. Those words found among all of that list, and I add, had to ask myself the question, why did they not go along with their dad? What prevented them? Now, some people would say, well, they were just smarter. They could see a bad thing happening. And some of them said, uh, well, I haven't followed him all my life. Why should I follow him now? And there were those of Korah's household that the Lord was very gracious to. You know, when we look at this, we find out that those boys, those girls, those children of Korah that did not go down into the pit are the subjects of the very mercy of Almighty God. He is the only reason they would not choose the steps that their father had. The, the only reason that I did not choose the steps that my father had, and my mother had, and my grandparents had, and them before them, and through the generations that I can find lots of religious people, but nobody knew the first thing about the gospel. The only difference is I wasn't smarter. I didn't say, well, I won't make that mistake. It was the mercy of Almighty God. And let us look at a few verses of Scripture that share with us this great truth about why we may be believers and our brother or our sister or our children may not be a believer. Korah was an unbeliever. He had no interest in God. He was only positioning himself, as we find over in the book of Jude, the gainsaying of Korah. I want to be equal with everybody else. It's interesting that when he gets to the very end and puts his foot in his mouth the greatest, he thinks he's the holiest. I am, I, can, I, I want to be just like you, and I will take the position. How interesting that is when most people get the most desperate against God and most shake their fist the most against God is when they think they are the holiest and then we find out that we have no holiness of our own we have no righteousness of our own and we are stupid and fools when we think we are well turn with me to the book of Romans as brother Mike went through many verses of scripture I'd like to do the same this morning because the Bible is filled with passages of scripture that share with us the only reason that the children of Korah did not go down into the pit was the mercy of God his interest in them before the foundation of the world and we're going to find out that there's eight or ten times in the Psalms that the, ch the children of Korah are mentioned in a positive light, because they were righteous before God. Romans chapter 9 and verse 16 shares so much about this. Romans chapter 9 and verse 16. I'm taking a small trip this Wednesday with a friend of mine I've been visiting with for about three years. And 
these are the verses I'm going to discuss with him in our car. It is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. In the book of Romans, chapter 9 and verse 16, so then, when we think they were just smarter, when we think they were just better, when we think that they weren't as stupid as their dad, when we think all of these things about why people, why the children of Korah did not go down into the pit, why the Lord saved them, we must turn to the scriptures and we find out, so then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. This is the reason that we read, the children of Korah died not. This is the reason that God preserved them. This is the reason they did not get into the trap. It wasn't because a whole bunch of people departed from their dad that they said, well, I think we'll stand back out of this mess. We find that the children of, of the Reubenites, they all went down into the pit. But these children were spared by Almighty God. It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but God showeth, that showeth mercy. And if you'll jump back with me to the Psalms, we find another verse of Scripture that shares so much about this. Why the children of Korah did not die that day. Why they were not carried down into the open earth. It says they went down into the pit and then it closed again. Here in the book of the Psalms, Psalm 110, the Scriptures again, Old Testament, New Testament, they all are equal when it comes to the subject of why people are brought <coughs> under the wings of Almighty God. In the book of the Psalms, <clears throat> Psalm 110, and we read there in verse 3, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. Thy people shall be willing. These children, in their natural estate, would have been right there with their dad. But the, when God rules, and God comes, and God takes care of business, he moved in their heart and in their soul. He gave them a new heart. He gave them mercy. He gave them Christ. He gave them the new birth. They were able to understand this is not where it is. Dad is making a terrible mistake. You know, as I was growing up with my dad, I thought he was just fine. But once you're saved, you find out, my goodness, how much an error he was. When he would teach a Bible class, he had no interest in that Bible class. I remember him waking up Sunday morning and opening up the they all got this literature, opening up the, the teaching book and start underlining a few words Sunday morning. There was no interest in Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. It was Sunday morning because he had a job to do. You know, God's people love the gospel seven days a week. <laughs> it is our food and our sustenance. Now, we may not be reading the Bible, but the Lord gives us time to think about it ruminate go over it oh his mercies are new every morning the blessings of the gospel are new to us all the time and so we rejoice in that my people shall be willing and in in isaiah 65 isaiah 65 we have these words as the prophet isaiah was given the truth of the gospel in isaiah 65 he shares here i was sought of them that asked not for me. 
In their original state, Isaiah 65 and verse 1, it says, I am sought of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. Those boys and girls of this Korah by nature, they didn't seek after God. By nature, they were in the same boat he was. Probably they had thought as he had thought. Can you imagine around the dinner table, months, years in advance after they're out there in the wilderness, that Korah said, you know, we deserve the same right that that Moses has. He's my cousin, and he should come to me and invite me to speak in his place sometime. He should come over here. Well, Moses never did. Why? Because God never called him to come over here. He never said a word to him about that. He just understood that God's people, God will show mercy to them, and their hearts will be right, and they will assemble themselves together in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the church there at Jerusalem did when we read about it. So Isaiah 65 and verse 1, I sought of them that asked me not, I found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me, behold me, unto a nation that was not called by my name. You know what the Lord did with the Gentiles? They are also mine. <laughs> These are my people. And he gave his life a ransom for them. I have spared out of my hands all the day into a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that is not good after their own thoughts, a people that provoke me to anger continually to my face that sacrificeth in gardens and burneth incense upon the altars of the brick. That's what Korah was doing. Maybe not physically, but mentally in his heart he was doing that very thing. Turn with me to the book of, of uh, Matthew chapter 11. Have you ever wondered why the Lord always spoke in parables? His disciples asked that question. Why do you always teach in parables? Matthew chapter 11. He gives them an answer here. And you know, to the world, this is not the answer they want to hear. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. The answer they want to hear is, he, we want to hear about the sheep and the fields and the growing of grain and make nice pictures about it. And he said, I'm speaking in parables for this. And at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast, oh no, not that H-I-D, thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Why in the world did the high priest have a problem with Jesus and didn't recognize him as the Messiah? It was not given to him. He could look at the picture, but he couldn't see the scene. And that's what happened. Korah could look at the picture but could not see the scene. And apparently his children had been given mercy and grace. And they could say, this is not going to turn out good. 
God gave them mercy to step back from a bad situation. God caused them to understand the Lord is not in this. Moses and Aaron are his chosen spokesmen. And we are to follow them because God has ordained them to this position. All right. In the book of John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we find out more about why the children of Korah were not, did not die that day. In John chapter 1, verse 12, the scriptures share this, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You know, I've had a young man bringing that verse of scripture up a dozen times. And I said, read the next verse. You got to read the next verse, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Where did their birth come from? Their spiritual, well, our physical birth comes from God too, but our spiritual birth comes from Almighty God at His ordination. He has determined it. He has prescribed it before the foundation of the world. And that's why the children of Korah died not that day. He had given them a different heart, a different spirit about the situation. They were able to step back and say, God is in charge and he has ordained two men. And we will not challenge them. All right. Let's look again in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, we have so many of our questions answered that we had in God's salvation. What in the world has God done? How in the world has he done this? What a mystery it is that we cannot di uh, describe and we cannot dissect. We just find out God had this, this to say about it, and we said... Thank you, Lord. It was hidden to me until now. And now I can see it. Where it says, but God, verse 4, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. You know, the church is the only group of people on the face of the earth that will ever admit that they were dead in sins that there was nothing alive in them. There was nothing that they could use of their own to cry unto God or call out to God or trust God or believe God. It was so foreign. We found out that that's an impossibility. Dead people can't cry out. Dead people can't believe. Dead people can't repent. Dead people can't come alive. It takes God. When even we were dead in sins, sometime in the life of those children, God came and moved upon them and caused them to see things that they did not know spiritually and never touched their dad, never touched their mama. And that so often happens where there is someone that God has determined to save and the rest are blinded. Now we can get angry about it or we can just be thankful. He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Going back to verse 5, it says, Hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. 
No other reason. It's the mercy of God. It's the grace of God that did all that work. Now, back to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. This is the disciples asking that question, why do you always teach in parables? Do you know what the gospel is a parable? It is truly a parable. It is the parable of parables. It is uh, so misunderstood from a physical standpoint that it isn't even the same. It has been turned over and over through the ages to come to things that was never intended to be. The gospel can be given, quote unquote, the gospel can be given by some water in your face. The gospel can be given by dunking. The gospel can be given by taking a, a communion service. It has been so de degraded. But the gospel is God's work of grace. The good news about the Lord Jesus Christ going to the cross and dying for a definite number and a definite people, and they will have this revealed to them in time. It's good news that God would would choose a people out of all of the wretchedness of this world. And here in the book of Matthew, chapter 13 and verse 11, excuse me, verse 10, it says, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why are you preaching in such a strange language? Why don't you make it plainer? Why don't you, why don't you, well, he said, he answered them because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now I can tell you for sure there was a whole host of people that went down into that pit that he said it was not given to them. We can be real knowledgeable about that. Now I have no other knowledge about that in all the peoples of the world. No, we, I, we, Treat everybody as if they're Jacob's. Because we don't know. Now God will sift them out. But it is our responsibility to take the gospel to every creature. That's our responsibility. And in various ways we do that. Sometimes it's face to face. Sometimes it's on the telephone. Sometimes it's by a letter. Sometimes it's by sermon audio. Sometimes it's by Zoom. Sometimes it's other ways. But if that's our responsibility. But when it comes to the results of that, our responsibility has ceased right here. And now it's up to God. He's the only one that can raise people from the spiritual dead. He's the only one that can give a new heart. He's the only one that can make a people that are willing to challenge Almighty God bend and bow. Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he that hath more abundance, but whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seen, see not. And hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. Now we can either get mad about it or we can thank God about it. Philippians chapter 2. Why was it those children of Korah backed away from the scene that day? 
Why was it that they walked away? Why? I, I can hear them saying, Dad, don't do it. Dad, don't do it. This is foolishness. You're challenging God. Oh, but I want what they have. Well, here in the book of Philippians, chapter 2 and verse 13, we find out what the Lord said about this, what God has said about this, and this is what He said about this. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It is God that does that. Why did those people back away and say, I'm getting away from this. Why did they leave their own dad to his own devices? Why did they come back? And why did the Bible tell us there in the book of Numbers chapter 26 and verse 11, the children of Korah died not when all the rest of those folks did? Why? It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's the reason that they were caused to back away from it. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. You know what all of this comes down to? That no man can glory in themselves, but all that are ever saved will glory in the Lord. That no man glories in themselves. In the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, we read this. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. That's a kind word that the Apostle Paul is writing to some saints at Thessalonica, a group of people that are assembling for the preaching of the gospel, for the deliverance of the saints, for the comfort of the people, to gather together and share their issues that they're having. Pray for me about this. Pray for me about my family. Pray for me. And here, and Paul writes to them, both, you brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth whereunto he calls you by our gospel to the obtain of the glory of our lord jesus christ was it animal sacrifices that moved in the hearts of those boys and girls of korah of course not the blood of bulls and goats did not take away sin but we do find out that here god had chosen them from the foundation of the world and sanctified them and the belief of the truth whereunto he called you by our gospel. The gospel was preached unto them just as well as it has been unto us. It was preached unto Abram, Abraham. It was preached unto Noah. It was preached unto Abel. It was preached, you know what? It was also preached unto Cain. And Cain went down to the pit. Therefore, brethren, Verse 15, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have taught, whether by word or epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself, the God, even our Father, which hath loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comforts your hearts and establish you in every good work. Word and work. What a blessing we have. That's why the children of Korah, died not that day. God was with them, overshadowed them. Look with me in the book of Titus chapter 3. In Titus chapter 3, we have these wonderful words. We quote them so often, but just to think about those children, young people, teenagers, adults, 
whoever they were, what age they were, that God would intervene in their lives and prevent them from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. I have found a ransom. Titus chapter 3, and there in verse 3, the scriptures say this, for Yes, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. You know, the children of Korah could say, that was me. Because everybody in the church says, that was me. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. By the washing of regeneration. What is that? New birth. He gave us the new birth. And it wasn't our works that got involved in attaining that. But according to his mercy, he saved us. You know, it was a sad day for those children to watch their dad and mother disappear from in front of them. It's a sad day to bury your father or your mother. It would be a sad day to have that happen. But the only reason that it didn't happen to them was the mercy of God. Not because they were smarter. Not because they were more diligent. Not because they read the scriptures daily. Not because they had been at the sacrifices daily. Not because they had honored and tithed and all that stuff. It was because of the mercy of God. It wasn't the works of righteousness which they had performed. Yes, they went away and no doubt wept over the situation. But thank God for deliverance and for salvation that was given to them. James chapter 1. We read this. I believe Brother Mike read this this morning, but I want to read it again. Chapter 1, verse 18. It tells us here, of His, God's own will, of His own will begat He us. James chapter 1, verse 18. Of His own will begat He us. When it comes to children, we know what begatting is. <laughs> when it comes to spiritual birth, this is what it means, begatting, new birth. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. You know, it wasn't Korah's maligned words that brought conversion to the sons and daughters. It's the word of truth. It has to be the word of truth. You, you just are not going to plant candy corn and get a corn crop. And you're not going to plant unworthy words about God and expect spiritual life. It takes the word of truth that we should be the first fruits of his creatures or his creation. In the book of 1 Peter, turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. Next book in the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. We read these words about why the children of Korah did not go down to the pit. Many others did. The Reubenite children did. Many others failed. And here we read, 
But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That means for one's own possession. I used to hear a preacher say, that's your oddballs. Well, we may be, but that's not what that word means. It means for one's own possession, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. What was the difference? The mercy of God. The only mercy of God. I will have mercy. You know, that's what the Lord told Moses. Remember that one? He said, show me, show me your glory. Lord, show me your glory. You know, I just think about that. What an honor it was that Moses even got to talk to him like that. And then he says, show me your glory. And you know what he said? I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. That's his glory. It's not a bright light. As we read here, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. Romans chapter 9. Turn there with me if you would. Romans chapter 9, we read this. This is, this is the glory of God. Romans chapter 9, verse 15. The scriptures share this. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy. What a statement with regard. Now, turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 42. Psalm 42. In Psalm 42, we have the sons of Korah mentioned. Psalm 42, verse 1. There, there's quite a few times there in the Old Testament that the sons of Korah, the children of Korah are mentioned. And here's one of them. It says, to the chief musician, the masculine. What does it say? For the sons of Korah. And then you read, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Have you ever rejoiced in that passage of Scripture? Isn't it wonderful to be the children of Korah? To have mercy shown and rejoice in the gospel found in the Psalms? Well, if you go to Psalm 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, they all start the same way. For the sons of Korah. And Psalm 84, 85, 87, and 88, verse 1. They all have the same thing. A masculine for the sons of Korah. And then the words for the sons of Korah. Verse 2, there in Psalm 42, My soul thirsteth for God. You know, we look back there and it says, They could have been thirsting for their dad and met demise, but for the grace of God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? What did he hear? What did they hear from their dad? God's not fair. If he was fair, I would be treated like Moses. You know what it means to be treated fairly? 
Cora and that whole group got treated fairly. Everybody else are treated by grace. Those that go down into the pit, those that are on the left-hand side, get treated fairly. God treats people fairly. He condemns them with an everlasting condemnation because of sin. And the rest, he treated unfairly and let the whole host of their sin fall on his darling son. And then he could say, your transgressions are forgiven. I shall promise to raise you from the dirt. Therefore, notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. Brother Mike.